0: Um, Exodus 8. Anybody watched some, uh, anybody watched a little bit of the inauguration festivities today on the TV? I was, I, it was like, I couldn't stop. I had, I was working, I had it just on the CNN. I, if you've been to my office, you know, I got like, ins- instead of investing in things like art, I just put a TV on the wall or Jeremy did actually put a TV on the wall. So I just keep the volume down. I just watch, you know, keep CNN or Fox or whatever on it. So, but what I got to see today was Joe Biden shush his wife on national television. She got shushed. Like, if they don't have a couch at the vice president's house, they're going to now, because he's going to need it. They were showing him, like, apparently on Oprah, okay, she spills the beans about, well, you know, they were asking, out know something about the family choices. And he says, well, you know, I could either, she goes, well, they gave him the choice of either being secretary of state or vice president, which I mean, you talk about breaking news like that's pretty big. Like Hillary's over there going, "Hey, shut up, that's my job." But uh, yeah, so he's like, you know, giving her the shush, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's true. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's right. You tell her, honey. Yeah, she did. Yeah, you get the impression. I, look, I don't know these people, but you get the impression like they might yell at each other when they go home. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Like that might just be their love language—is yelling. Like they just have that kind of tone. Yeah, if you ever watch Joe Biden, he just yells a lot. So uh, Exodus eight is where we find ourselves tonight, and it's the chapter about frogs. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse one: Go to Pharaoh, and say to him, "This is what the Lord says: Let my people go, so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will." Plague your whole country with frogs. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and into your bedrooms and onto your bed and into the houses of your officials and on your people, into your ovens and your kneading troughs. The frogs will go up on you. They'll be all up on you. What's <laughs> the message. Your people, all your officials. By the way, they worshipped a god that is named Heck, okay? H-E-Q-T. Heck was a, a goddess that had a frog head, okay? And not for the reasons you might think. Frog, because they, we think bunnies, right, as far as we think of like, fertility. They thought frogs, okay? I don't know if you've been around frogs, but they can lay like a lot of eggs. Okay? If you've been seen the tadpoles, you know what I'm saying? So they, they worship them because of, uh, of their prowess, if you will and the Lord said to Moses tell Aaron to stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and the canals and the ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt so Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land but the magicians did the same thing by their secret arts and they also made frogs come up out of the lands of Egypt you gotta love these guys right But that's a good idea Let's make more frogs. Like the idea of like the snake, maybe to kill the other sniper, but this is just frogs. All you've done is made it worse. You're like, go to your little magic castle and think about what you've done. Your magic timeout now. Pharaoh summoned Pharaoh or go right on the hieroglyphics on the wall. I will not make frogs. I will not make frogs a thousand times. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me. By the way, that's a fulfillment. Exodus 7-1 said what? That the Pharaoh would actually recognize Moses as God, saying, look, you know, he's going to look at you and as the all-fearing God of his universe. And he said to, to Moses, look, get him out of here. And I will let your people go to make sacrifices to the Lord. And I love this because uh, verse 9 it says, and Moses said to Pharaoh... I leave you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people, that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. So here's the time. Now I love this because keeping in mind there's frogs everywhere. Have you ever stepped on a frog before? It's disgusting. Because they'll pop. I speak from experience. If you hit a frog just right, it's like almost like a caterpillar, but a frog, it just pops out the other end. Yeah. By the way, FYI, you know how a frog throws up? I swear I'm not making this up. Frogs vomit, okay, puke. By they throw up their stomach, okay, inside out like a sock. Just put, like when you when you're trying to get the lint out of your pocket, they pull, you pull the pocket out inside out. That's what they do. Their, their stomach pops out inside out. They use their paws to wipe it all off, and then they just swallow it again. Hmm? You didn't know that, did you? you tell your friends that. Not your I don't want to. <laughs> well, I don't want to tell them that. But that.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, frogs, they're amazing creatures. So he's got them everywhere. He's probably stepped on them. Now, I don't know if you know this as well, but frogs, they poop as well. They're disgusting. And so they're everywhere. And so it's, what time you want them gone? My thought would be, how about right flipping now? Yeah. Oh, you're right. There was no pun intended, but now there is. I, I intended the pun. I'm I'm bummed that the pun wasn't intended, but so he says the most mysterious verse of the Bible tomorrow. How about another night with the frogs? Do you know what I'm saying? No, we'll just get right on that tomorrow. When you're thinking about, by the way, this Egypt is obviously a type of the world. And this was frogs, okay, which was honestly a good thing for them. They used them from agriculture because they didn't have, like, pesticides and stuff. Frogs ate the bugs. So when you're in an agricultural society, frogs were handy. They were a good thing. And what happened is, is they put them into an improper place in their life, right? It was a thing that was too too much of a good thing, if you know what I'm saying. But more than that, what it was was them embracing that thing to a point where it was sin because they're worshiping it, and now it's taken a hold of them. And and if you think about it in terms of just how we live our lives, we kind of battle with those sins, so to speak. And, and and I thought about it in terms of the sins in my life, the things that I want different in my life. And I don't know if you've ever done this before, but Shannon and I have done this where we're, okay, we're going to change the way we eat. But we're going to have one last weekend, one last hurrah, We're just going to go crazy, right? Tater tots and ice cream and all those stupid things that, you know, you probably don't, wouldn't do that with tater tots, but that's what I did. Um, because it's like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to hold on to it for another day. Or if you've ever battled with addictions like smoking or drinking or things that you don't, you, you think, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just one more night with this, and then it's the next day. Do you know what I mean? It's like, then I'm going to hang it up. And even though it's, it doesn't seem the same, right? It's, it, it is in that if it's a sin in your life, if it's got a hold of you, and you don't have a hold of it. And in my case, like in your case, it might be, like well, I said, smoking. Maybe that's the thing you can't let go of. In my case, it's, you know, I like to eat. I'm like Oprah, you know. I want to be Oprah's new boo. <laughs> that's what you said right on there. <laughs> Look out, Stedman. I'm gonna, I am gonna can out-eat Oprah. Um, I'm just kidding, honey. I don't want to be Oprah's boo.
1: We, we don't even have five seconds to edit this. Like, I don't know what I'm mean going to say. If we're doing live. <laughs>
0: and this is the moment we're like, if we had a live kill switch right now, I need to lay it. You know what I mean? There's things you got to lay down in your lives. <laughs> and I <laughs> love the live delay thing. I'm like shock jock all of a sudden. You gotta. You want to lay it down. You desire to lay it down, but you want one more day with it because it's there. It's your thing. It's what you've done. It's what you know. And the difference is that we don't necessarily think of it as harmful in our lives. And if you put a finger there in Exodus, by the way, and go with me to Colossians 3. Because here's the deal. When you look at what God did, what Moses did, it says that he spoke the word and they killed the frogs. That word jumped out at me because... In Colossians, when it talks about sins in our life, look. Like if you're looking for a list of, hey, maybe these things are, are maybe frowned upon, for instance. Sin, by the way, which simply means missing the mark, right? It has, it's I'm aiming for this, and I've missed it. That absolutely is the Greek definition of it. But this is what it says in, in Colossians. It talks about rules for holy living. And look, I'm not trying to, you know me, you've been around me long enough to know that I'm not a big works guy. I'm not a big, you gotta, you know, burden yourself with these things. But I also want to make sure and you understand that sin is really sickening and it is dangerous in our lives. And what Paul says in Colossians that we're to do with it in verse 5 is to put it to death. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, Greed, which is idolatry, because it's interesting by the way, we talk about idols, and we look at what idols are, we would think well we wouldn't we don 't have a frog god, right, but what is what does Paul call idolatry? He calls it greed because it 's something in your life if, if and this is just think of it in these terms, you want it, so you 're going to buy it you 're going to invest in it you 're going to spend it and i 've heard it said before that that 's why Jesus talked about money so much because if you look at your checking account, you can see what i 'm Worshipping, so to speak, because it's what I've put on that altar. I'm putting my money, the most of my money, towards these specific things. That's what I honor and respect. And it's obviously I'm not talking about things like rent or things like that, unless you've out bought a house that you shouldn't have gone out and bought. But I'm saying that that's what he's talking about. Greed is idolatry. Uh, it says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things. And that word "rid" is basically like stripping naked, like I'm just getting it off. Like it's a, uh, like if you've been outside in the rain, and you want to come in, you just get get your clothes off because it's you're so cold and so uncomfortable. Says so rid yourself of these things. Or like when I was a kid, we'd come home and we'd just be covered in mud and gunk and whatever cow poo we rolled around in as kids, and you just want to get your mom wanted it off. You didn't want you bringing it in the house. So get it off, rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and put on the new. You've changed your clothes, so to speak, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Paul basically spells it out for us that we're supposed to kill it. Those things in our life, and how do you kill something, by the way? Cut off its life source right? If you're going to kill something, if you cut off its life source from its, if it's a, a, a growth in your body, sorry for that analogy, but you cut off its life source, the blood supply to it, it dies. And in these things in your life, what is it that feeds them? And you have to cut off that life support. Maybe it's through television. Maybe it's what you're watching. Maybe and and I said this before, but when I grew up, it was real easy. It was was it Christian music? Well, you can't listen to secular music. You, you know, you'll go to hell. And then you know it would be like you know if your youth pastor ever gave you the uh, okay. Well, you like this band, you know Guns and Roses, but so you're going to love Petra. Now that might have meant, sounded good to the youth pastor, but you're like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> it isn't a question of whether it's Christian or non-Christian, Christian secular. The question is, is it holy? The question is, Paul says, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, there be any praise. There, you, know, you don't remember this passage, think on these things, soak in those. Think of it almost like a coffee filter, right? When you put your, the grounds in there, the hot water goes through, it leaves behind all of the grains, the granules, the things that you don't want to be chewing on in your coffee. And the only thing that comes to the other side is coffee. Your filter is that. Put the, the Holy Spirit filter on it, and only let through the things that are pure, lovely, holy. And the reason I say that is because, you know, it might seem innocent. It might seem harmless. But you're feeding it. You're feeding this thing in you, this malice. This, And it's like, I can't figure out why I can't, can't kill it. But you're feeding it. You know what I mean? You've got a dragon in the backyard. And you go out there and you poke it, right? And what's it going to do? You know, turn around and burn you down. But if you starve it, right? Now, and I've heard this said before. But and I believe it to be true. You can't be starving one without feeding the other, so it's a trade-off. And the analogy I use with my kids, every once in a while, was this analogy of you got a really big, mean, snarly dog, and you got the cute dog, okay, the the nice dog, the golden retriever dog. Whichever one you're feeding the most is the one that wins, is the one that's going to win in your heart. And I know that sounds trivial and trite and cheesy, but it's a mental picture that hopefully you won't forget. And it's I say it because of this, ultimately because of this. I want you to hear me say, if nothing else tonight, that your sins are forgiven, mine are forgiven. they forgiven perfectly. Every sin I've committed yesterday, every sin I commit today, every sin I'll commit tomorrow is forgiven perfectly because that's the work that happened at the cross. There is, however, implications and consequences on this earth for your sins. God says, I, I wash them away. I've wiped it clean. I've washed you. But you have planted seeds, Galatians talks about sowing seeds after the flesh, okay? And says this, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And What I think that means is you can't go around sowing your seeds, so to speak, at night right. and then get up in the morning and pray for you know, crop failure. Do You know what I mean? This is an irrevocable law of the universe that there are consequences. What does it say that your sins will what? Find you out. And, and Jeremiah talks about that their backsliding is what hunted them down. There are consequences to sin. And I love this picture because it says this, that when the frogs died, okay, the sin was taken care of. But what does it say? That it reeked. It was stench, disgusting. It smelled terrible. There was a residue behind that was earthly in nature. And, and I think that it's like, for us, it's that. The, those consequences... And some of them you feel, some of them are practical. Some of them you feel on a daily basis. Like you're like, I feel the consequences of what I did so many years ago. You know, maybe something you carry in your heart. It may be, but I promise you this, God is not mocked. Those things that you've sown, God is going to forgive him. He is, I mean, you go to heaven, you, you know, you're, you're going to stand before him and he's forgiven. All those things are right. It's just that we, while still on this earth, live out these consequences that are here and they're real and it's why we got to bury him. and It's why we got to kill him. It's why, we gotta, it's why God, I think, believes sin to be so serious. He doesn't view it like with a wink and a nod. And it's not because he's a big cosmic buzzkill. He doesn't want you to have any fun. He knows what it does. He knows that it chips you away. It breaks you apart. It whittles you down and hollows you out inside. And he hates it because of what it does. It's those sins in our hearts that we commit that, 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 that he hates because of what it does to us, what it does to others. Verse, uh, finish verse 10. And Moses replied, it'll be as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave your houses, your officials, your people. They will remain only in the Nile. And after Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs as he had brought on Pharaoh. And and the Lord said, uh, did what Moses said. The frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, in the fields. They were piled into heaps and the land reeked of them. But when Pharaoh saw there was relief, he would hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. I think that's one more reason, by the way, that we don't want to hang on to it for another day. Because when you hang on to the hot thing longer, what happens? Calluses begin to form. Anybody that's been a waiter, you've carried those hot plates, like the first day on the job, your hand be like, Yeah, that's hot. How do you do that? And then you realize after you do it long enough, your hands get used to it because they become callous to it. One more night with it, one more night, all you've done is callous it a little bit more. It says that the Lord had hardened his heart. And then is the plague of gnats. Which in the King James is lice. You go to foreign countries by the way, they shave little girls' heads. My little boy was looking at pictures online and he said, man, who's daddy, who's that little boy that you're with? And it was a little girl but they just shaved their head because lice is, an, is, is, is a problem there. It's a huge problem and I read, and I don't know if this is true or not, but in Egyptian culture, but when you see these guys like shaved head to toe, except for that little, you know, tussle on top of their head. Because they hated them. They hated life, They were terrified of them. And I don't blame them. Like when I was a little kid, that was like if one kid got lice in your class, oh, did anybody have to go through like the lice shampoo thing? Oh, maybe it's, okay. I thought it maybe was just us poor kids, but, you know, you got to have the, the lice shampoo. It's disgusting. But anyway, so the Lord said, tell Aaron, stretch your staff, strike the dust on the ground. Interesting that it was dust, by the way. We'll come back to that. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust to the ground, gnats came upon men and animals, and all the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats, became lice. I like gnats better. But when the magicians tried to reproduce by their secret arts, they could not. And the lice were on the men and the animals. And the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen. The finger of God. By the way, this is when the uh, magicians cried uncle. This should have been an easy one to reproduce, right? But God put a stop to their occultic practice. But listen to this. Think about this. I I, I was really drawn to the statement, the finger of God. Exodus 31, you can write it down if you want to go later. It says that God wrote with his finger the 10 commandments on those tablets. He was with his own finger wrote, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. The finger of God. It was in Daniel when a hand wrote on the wall, "Meaty, meady, tackle you Farsi, okay? Which was to a guy named Belshazzar saying, you've been weighed in the balance and you've been found wanting. The hand of God, the finger of God writing on the wall. But here's what jumped out at me, especially in relation to dust. Because it's John 8 or 9, somewhere around there, where Jesus, do you remember the story that the woman that was caught in the act of adultery and they wanted to stone her, they wanted to kill her. And it says that Jesus bent over and wrote in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. What I wonder though is if what he wrote were maybe the names of the people that were there, maybe a time and an act of sin that they did. Because what he said was, he who was without sin cast the first stone. And it said slowly, one by one, they walked away. And I don't know if it's true. I can't wait to ask him what he wrote. But I know this, that the finger of God wrote something in the dirt that day, in the dust. The same dust that gnats were made out of. He wrote in that dust what I believe, hopefully, I don't know, who knows what he wrote. Maybe the names of them because they walked away because it was the finger of God. And I guess the picture that I have is that of this is there's the finger of God of judgment, the white throne judgment, the finger of God that these guys experienced on that day. And then there's the finger of God that's the, you know, come on home, come to me. I'm writing your name here in this book of life. I'm writing it to you. So the finger of God really jumped out at me when I read that. It says that uh, then the Lord said to Moses in verse 20, get up early in the morning. Well, you musicians, God appears to be a morning guy. And confront Pharaoh as he goes to the water and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. And if you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you. Now, keeping in mind, flies suck, okay? Have you been around a lot of flies before? Like, and these, it says, and if, I think it is it is Psalm 78, 45. If you want to go and read it later, David making a commentary, and it says that they destroyed and tormented them, Okay. These were those kind of flies that bite, okay? Have you've been bit by like a horse fly, but oh. Yeah, like it it's a deep soaking pain, you know, like it lasts all day. It says uh, if you not if you uh, verse 21, if you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. Houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies and even on the ground where they are. But listen to this, but on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen up until this point. Every plague that is afflicted, the, the land has afflicted both the Jewish people and the Egyptians. And I think this is such a beautiful picture because there are things that you and I go through in our lives. There are things that we don't understand, but we're going through right along the pagans. And, it's, and we talked about it, I think, last week, that it's our handling of those crises that God uses to be a witness. And then there are some things that God says, you know what, But this one is not for you. You get to not be a part of this, it's not coming on you and your people, we will live uh, where my Lord, uh, but I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live, no swarms of flies will be with there, somehow you drew a Holy Spirit line in the sand, and the flies didn't cross it, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land, I will make a distinction between my people and your people, this miraculous sign will will occur tomorrow and the Lord did this and dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials and throughout Egypt the land was ruined by the flies and then uh, verse 25 Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said go sacrifice to your God here in the land but Moses said that would not be right and I love this because here's the thing that we begin to do and and we're going to land and we have a discussion now but we tend to get to negotiate with the enemy. God gave us this command. but what if I just kind of meet you this far into it? And you see this happen over the next few plagues that Pharaoh begins to say, okay, well, what about if you just leave your livestock behind? Or what if you just, I'll send you out, and them? he wants to negotiate with them. And they, I'm telling you, when it comes to sin, we can't negotiate. We have to be able to draw a line in the sand and say, no, this is what the Father has said. And I'm going to draw it. Because think how tempting it would have been for Moses, even when it gets to the livestock thing. We'll just get new livestock. We can go. We can make a run for it. But that was not what God wanted. It was not God's perfect for this. And he says, go sacrifice to your God here in the land. This was the first step in this. Well, you can worship God, but come just do it here in our land. But Moses says, that would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord as he commands us. And Pharaoh said, I will not let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord in the desert. I will let you, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Moses answered, as soon as I leave, I will pray to the Lord and tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only be sure that Pharaoh does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people, and not a fly remained. But this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. God is painting a picture, and he is building a story that would be a story that you and I to this day could say, this is how because if you were there at that moment, maybe you didn't understand it. But God was building this so that he could, it says this, that God would get glory. He wanted to be a witness, not only to the people of Israel, but to the Egyptians. And These things that we might go through in our own lives, these whether it's a tragedy, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a financial crisis, it's important that we hook up to the Lord, that we attach ourselves to the vine, so to speak. Because as he flows through us and our friends that are maybe that don't know the Lord, folks that don't understand, they see us over time going through these situations like they saw the Egyptians, I mean, they saw the Israelites and they handled it and how they handled it and ultimately God was given glory in that land. Now, they might not have bowed to Jehovah, but when they left it, and we'll see it when they leave, they might not have bowed to him, but there was no question who the man was, who God was, who Jehovah was in their lives. So, I want to pray, and then I want to turn it over to you, so to speak. God, thanks um, for your word. Um, My prayer tonight, uh, I pray for our friends in Storyside B, the band for Lou and Preston. God, that you would be with them and be with uh, with Ron's family in Michigan. Uh, We know that he's standing with you in heaven right now. Uh, We don't understand it. We don't even pretend to, but we have an opportunity to pray and to gird up our friends that they could go through this process uh, and that you could get glory from it. Um, and God, tonight we dove into your word and we encountered you in these scriptures and we encountered truths for us. And our prayers that they aren't academic in nature, but they get into our heart and soak into us. Anything that is in us, God, that is impure, show us we want to kill it. We want to crucify it. We want to cut off its life source and replace it and replenish it with you and your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what jumped out at you guys tonight? And I'm reading comments, by the way, online, so if you guys have any thoughts, feel free to shoot them over here. <sighs> I noticed that
1: whole tomorrow thing growing up, hearing this story, and stuff that I just never, I don't have no idea, something I've never noticed before. But, yeah, why would you want <laughs>
0: something? Yeah, how stupid is that? <laughs> I think I always just
1: kind of automatically interpreted it. Um, we'll let him go tomorrow, but you're letting go had to coincide with the process right? of so Yeah. that. But it makes a lot of sense with um, the, the time that you made with um, representing a sin that we're connected to, or it's hard to give up, or something, especially if that's um, mirrored in there.
0: And specifically, when you think about it in terms of an idol, and I'm making that kind of connection now as you're saying it, that's what we really tend to hold on the most are the idols in our lives. You know, it, which is a sin, right? But if idolatry, which is greed, um, the things that we're hanging on to, that's what that was. It was an idol. God said, Look, you, you want frogs? I'll bury you in frogs, okay? Um, and it made them miserable. Their pleasure became their plague, so to speak.
1: You
0: know what? I don't know. Probably not. Because
1: couldn't.
0: You couldn't hear. Pharaoh's idol was power and control. That's from Chad Bonham, Bonham, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So talk real loud, or, or come Let's up, or approach. or I'll repeat the question. Okay, how about that? So what else? What else jumped out at you guys?
1: That's gotta be really weird, if you think about. Moses is sitting here, like there's all these amazing miracles, and then just see Pharaoh, just be
0: like, "Yeah, I'll do that." Okay, never mind. And then to over and over and over. That's, mm. I think I'd freak out. Yeah, I don't think I can handle it. It shows how hard Pharaoh's heart was, how wicked of a man that he was. You yeah. know, you look at times and you think, "Well, God, that wasn't very fair," but look how much mercy God had over and over. I mean, think of the patience. What kind of patience I'd have had? I mean, he'd have lost me at the at the fly or at the gnats, probably even. You know, look, you get one, You know, what is it we say that first time? Shame on me, or shame on you. Second time, shame on me. And God gave him like what seven times before he shut him down.
1: I thought it was funny that the, uh, the people were trying to or his magic people were trying to redo the same thing. Like, oh yeah, please bring more of this. Yeah. For
0: yeah. <laughs> so those at home, Tony says you thought it was funny that they were let. Trying to repeat the same thing, like, let's do more of this. For all of us. Hey, let's get some more lice. <laughs> <laughs> Pharaoh's probably like, thank God that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> or thank heck. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> thank me, because he was a deity too, so he thought of himself as a deity. Well, thank me. If you're God, Pharaoh, you'd say, thank me. <laughs> Sorry, that seemed funnier than it was, I guess.
1: <laughs>
0: Can you take your own name in vain? No, (laughs) I suspect not. (laughs) Nothing else? Come on, Jay. Got
1: something. (laughs)
0: Bucky's back there all quiet.
1: Uh, We didn't really get this, but the the lights coming up from the dust seems to be a little bit of a picture Why? Why, why does this happen? Because this is
0: how it's going to work, Jake. Just roll. <laughs> All right. You're on TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's not real, but it's going to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the the lice coming up from the dust seems to be an allusion to Genesis when God creates man like out of the dust. It seems like there's sort of this picture of um, hmm. God stirring up something and the fact that the magicians can't repeat it at least from what I was reading and kind of studying, seems like uh, this is one of the more... God's alluding to, like, I've got the power, I create life, I mm-hmm. do this. And I think that the Hebrews probably would have had some understanding of that and the fact that the magicians couldn't do that. Like, they could produce things that create, like, uh, death and just horrible... You know, more frogs and, mm-hmm. and blood, which is sort of representative of death. But the actual Ooh. life, lice, the lice of life... Um, <laughs> wow. You guys don't make
0: fun of my metaphors anymore, right? <laughs> you, you just
1: have the lice of life. <laughs> that kind of that- yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so it just seems like there, there's something uh, there. I don't know. That, that's kind of worked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Take one down.
0: That's like right. Pass down a laptop. We're high tech <laughs> right now. Any, any comments online here? Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Sarah says, hey, Jay. And by the way, Chad Bottominer says, "I used to write one of those guides for Mardell, and I promise all caps I never compared guns and Roses to Petra <laughs> <laughs> That was
1: awesome
0: <laughs> now we're some we need to go home and Google that Chad Bonman and see if he did just in case because if we if he did we're so we're going to expose him next week. Is that anything else from anybody? I'm sorry, you have to because I have to hear you.
1: I just thought it was interesting when you said the question isn't whether it's secular or Christian. The question is whether it's holy and pure. And that'd just be so much simpler if everybody kind of lived by that, I think?
0: Well, it's it's easier in some ways when it's Christian or non-Christian because then it's easier to market. Well. Because all of a sudden as Christians... I know, but as, you don't mean it as a Christian, all of a sudden we become a marketing campaign as opposed to... I mean, in Christian music... One of the greatest secrets ever was that one of the best marketing tools we ever had was a youth pastor saying, hey, burn all your your cassettes and come by the new Ritkua or whatever it happened to be. And as much as we hate that, make fun of that, whatever, that was very handy. And I think one of the bigger challenges we face in Christian music right now, this is a completely different story, is just that because we don't have, you go to like pastors of big, big churches right now and look at their own blogs and look at their music, you know, You'll see guys that have like a worship band or whatever, but right next to Dave Matthews or John Mayer, you know. So it's like, be careful what you wish for. You might, you know, you might just get it. We have to compete on that level. But and I think that it's great. Honestly, I think it's amazing because it does erase that question of is it Christian or not. I mean, let's be honest. People can be Christians. Things cannot be right. Right. So is it holy? And he gives us the litmus test. He gives us the, the 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 filter, so to speak. Pure, lovely, and. You know, every day, we all encounter that, and every day, we, not all of us do very good jobs of it. So, What else? Kirby, you're awful quiet for a radio guy. <laughs> a tattooed radio guy, nonetheless. No? <laughs> fun,
1: just fun facts. Fun biblical facts. Biblical fun facts <laughs> is, is that...
0: Um... It's biblical fun
1: facts with Jay. We need music for that. <laughs> 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 wow, Thanks. Uh, the word, the, word the, the first plague that didn't affect the Israelites was this whole fly thing. And the word Beelzebub in the original language means uh, Lord of the Flies. So like Satan, the devil is sort of encompassed in this whole fly thing. So it's interesting that the first plague that directly affects paganism is sort of wrapped up in this Beelzebub, hmm. Lord of the Flies thing.
0: It also explains why flies are so hard to kill. Oh. They're satanic. there you go well anything else don't forget that the Haiti ball is coming January 31st Shannon will be uh, resurrecting her prom dress (laughs) from (laughs) actually Maddie rolled out
1: my very
0: first in her very first prom dress, <clears throat> now the scandal that broke over this well, first <laughs> scandal was that she was in shannon 's prom dress, which i 'm like
1: <laughs>
0: um, second scandal was when she figured out that uh, shannon went uh, in, uh, in her freshman year went to prom with a senior uh-huh. scandalous Maddie was like like her mouth dropped I'm like, <gasps> like as as did mine i 'm like <laughs> <So> <laughs> Maddie and I are both. <laughs> I think they didn't even see Shannon. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well everybody's there. Say hi to Chad Bonham. Remember Chad? Hi Shannon. They Because
1: um, I still see you. It's delayed, huh?
0: Oh yeah, it is delayed. Yeah. It, it is delayed. We could have cut up the whole Oprah's as my booth, thing. Um, <laughs> so uh <laughs> It is um January thirty-first. Uh you know what I would ask is that if if any of us and I kind of put it in the email this week, man, feel free to just if, if every one of us just told a few people, and the good news is, is it isn't like the old days where you have to go out and knock on doors or call. Your, just, I mean, change your Facebook status or put it on your page or in your MySpace or your, to your Twitter or whatever. Um, it's a great way. I mean, last week, year we had like 350 people. You know, we'd love to have 500 this year. Um, my band, Too Fat to Skate, will be doing a reunion show that night. Um, if you can just get the bass player back. Um, so that's the thirty first, and it's going to be amazing. And if you are listening tonight on this thing or on the podcast, and you don't live here, you can still buy a ticket even if you don't go. Uh, you can just go to conduitmission dot org and click on Donate Now and buy a ticket there. Buy now. buy now. There's a ticket you can just do Buy Now right there. Right. Right. Or you can just you know hit Donate Now or whatever. But so and. Uh, and if you didn't get to the website at conduitmission.org, it does have all the numbers on there. It's 96.5% of the money that came in has gone out and are, or is in the process of going right now. Where I got clearance from Pastor LaFleur to go ahead and send him the $8,400 that we have for the building fund. Um, which I just, I love the fact that we can build something in Haiti for like 25 grand. We can't even carpet a church in America for 25 grand. Which that's the reason we don't have, really have any carpeting. But anyway, um, <laughs> FYI. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that was really cool. So we're gonna we're just I mean flushing it into the system. It's amazing. So, uh, and if you have brought money tonight, or if you're listening tonight, and you want to donate, you can click on there. Um, and, and I'm watching. So, um, <laughs> Shannon brought the money back uh, here. That's our our, our <laughs> the phone lines are open. <laughs> Call now. We got to get an 800 number. 800, give us your money. Um, I think that's probably taken. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and honestly, if you are listening tonight, ninety-six point five percent of our money was given away. We give it all away. So that's it. Uh, Conduitmission You can see everything we gave it to for the last uh, fifteen months. So it's pretty amazing. Sixty-eight thousand dollars so far. Uh, we'll be at a hundred grand by this summer. You understand that, right? I mean, at this pace, we're going to be giving away a hundred grand by this summer. It's a fascinating number. So how cool is that? So uh, all that to say. Um, We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. (laughs) Will Darren ever pray over a wash rag and send it to me? Miracle water.
1: (laughs) If if
0: the love gift is large enough, I'll pray over a beach towel. (laughs) One of those, like, Little Mermaid beach towels. I
1: have an
0: old Tigger one. A Tigger beach towel. I'm in. <laughs> so, how cool is that? This works. So, we had, uh, you know, Jay Morris. I don't know who that is. Oh, it's weird. Jay gets
1: <laughs> extra points because he was actually online in Two dollars one night.
0: Were you doing witty commentary? No, I was just... I was Only God just can move the way. flags. Evil. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Uniquely. Okay.
1: Don't
0: that. Don't that. So yeah, the, the bags here. <coughs> do we work? So, so technically, I could do music I
1: have now. Two I don't know if it will Uh
0: huh. If we figured out something, we can have one
1: hand on you, and and one on the other, and one end up here. Mm-hmm. We don't. We want
0: Oh yeah, you mean in the arena? <laughs> <laughs> could know this, but there used to be a guy named Gene, gosh, what was his name, he would sit on TV, light up a fat take one, thanks a okay, cigar, and talk I theology, hush okay. <laughs> Gene, oh man, what's his name, he's in LA, he just died not long ago, one of the smartest guys that I've ever even encountered, like, he would literally, he had this church of, like, you know, kind of weird, California church but well, he was from right the California, um, and, uh, and he just did, I mean a giant whiteboard with a TV all over it. He was that kind of guy. But in the 70s, he would sit on the TV with a cigar. and talk about theology. You could cut I could. All about reaching the kids, Jeremy. If that's what it takes. <laughs> it's got to cuss them out. <laughs>
1: I had a new pastor that would get really into it. The and then he gave get a talking to
0: I don't know how he was a trip. Do you remember the name? His, his, pastor, his wife pastors the church now, still on TV. That's his wife? She's young. Like seriously, I've seen her. She's out there. She's got like this long semi-Pentecostal holiness hair, like super curly, down her back. Like down the back now. But she's the pastor now, the pastors Jean Scott, there you go. Jean Scott.
1: Yeah, go- I'm serious. Go Google
0: Gene Scott. I swear you'll find him. Cantankerous, cranky, and smart. Gene Scott. Yeah. No, the problem isn't anything. That was amazing. I love the temperature. <laughs> hey, and FYI, one of the things that you can do, by the way, on the video thing, um, if you take, if you go to YouTube. Uh, dot com slash Darren Tyler is one of the place I know it's on YouTube and you can hit the little Facebook button and it actually posts the video inside your Facebook so the, the Haiti ball video go to youtubecom slash Darren Tyler and the video on
1: there yeah yeah <laughs> switch my lights right i i don't know. <laughs> right. Wow! Well, that's, that's amazing! You went to Brentwood for it? Uh, yeah, you Can't come to Franklin? No. Let's go with the Concord Road. You did oh me a God. job or- <laughs> 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 we need to finish our conversation. We never
0: finished. I uh, know. What is your week like this week? Um, I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, so I can I can take her to the burrow after. To the Wow, you guys are
0: which case scenario, we phone conversation? I just yeah. rather do exactly. it with uh, coffee. Exactly. Or, or, or yeah. Yes. Well, sure.
1: well, sure. <laughs> I just both. Really? actually sure. aromatic. <laughs> I'll give you a call tomorrow. Okay.
0: Okay. okay. No degrees. Oh, you know what? Hang on. I forgot to stop the uh, audio recording.
1: Anything fish.